This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Thank you for all you have done. This now is the ninth month of the year. And Lord, confidently we can look back and we can say, you have been good. You have been faithful. You have been kind. And today, as we thank you and we bring a word of life to your people, Jehovah, please speak to us. Let the word come alive in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, above all else, let the name of Jesus be lifted up and let all men be drawn unto him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we started a sermon series uh, a few weeks ago that we called The Things God Cannot Do. And the choir almost put me in trouble uh, one of those times because uh, they came up and sang a song that there is nothing God cannot do. Then I came up and I said, things God cannot do. He said, why are you trying to confuse us? You know, and I made clear that when we say things God cannot do, we are not talking about the ability of God. Because God is not limited in power and in ability. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, but we are talking about the things that God has decided not to do. The restraint, if you may, that God has put upon himself because of his word. The Bible says in Psalm 138, it says God has highly exalted his word above his names. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians, it says concerning us that all things are lawful for me, you know, but not all things are expedient for me to do. So uh, we gave a couple of examples. I'm not going to go back into that, but the psalm, those sermons are in the church app. If you don't have the church app already, I encourage you to download the app. Uh, the sermon today, the rest of that uh, sermon will be uploaded uh, by the end of day today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I defined or described, however you want to put that, abandon, that it means to seize support, amen, or withdraw support or to stop looking after something or someone, you abandon that thing. You know, and as I thought about this, I realized that feeling abandoned and being abandoned are two different things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we, the other things God cannot do, the first topic we're talking about is God cannot abandon you. Can you say that to yourself? He cannot. And we started talking about why will God choose to do this? So the last time I gave us examples about Hagar, we saw the life of Hagar, how God built her out. We saw David, how God built him out. We saw uh, Hannah, how God built her out. And uh, we said, why will God not abandon me? We talked about three things. Anybody remember? Eh, because, of, because of his word, he will not abandon you too. He is not a man. Listen to me. Men will abandon you. Amen. They have promised and they really want to do it, but they cannot. 
What do you do about it? Amen? Because I myself am limited as a man, I may disappoint you. And I think some of you have felt disappointed before. If you have been around long enough, except we are not living real life with ourselves. When you are living true real life with yourselves, one time or another, you will feel disappointed. Ah, why, why, why did she do that? Even though she's my very good friend. Do you know that the only people that can hurt you or disappoint you are people you love? The more you care for that person, the more whatever they do to you can go deep. You know, if it's just a surface relationship, you know, they, they, they do bad stuff, you feel like, well, you know, that's just life. But the closer they are to you, the more hurtful and painful it feels. So we said, God cannot abandon you because of his word, because of his love, and because he's not a man and because of his love. Hallelujah. So today we're going to continue, and I'm going to start by talking about God cannot abandon you because of his mercy. Let me tell you a quick story here. This is, this is one of those stories that uh, strengthened my faith. Many years ago, I'll say maybe like 12 years ago, there was a lady that was introduced to church and came to church and said she needed to see me before she would come to church. You know, because I have some unique situation is what she said to me. You know, so Saturday, we met in church. By the time she was done telling me her story, in my heart, can I be honest? Yes. Can I be completely vulnerable? Yes, okay. You won't tell on me. No, okay. All right. So when, when she came, she told me this story, this long story, frightening story. I said, they have started the game. <laughs> so, and it was at the beginning of the year. You know how at the beginning of the year we are pumped. This, this year is going to be this. this year. We have made all the prophecies this year is going to be. By the time I heard her story, I said, ah, this is how they want to say, ah, that pastor, there's no anointing. <laughs> he prayed. It didn't happen. You know, so I, I, I'm not going to go into the details. So I pray. So those times, when I see something really frightening for myself, I just grab the person by the hand. I say, let's go to the altar and pray. <laughs> so God is the God on the altar. It's not me. So I took her to the altar and we prayed. And maybe like three, four months after, she had a breakthrough. But the breakthrough, it wasn't complete breakthrough. Okay, let's say it was a legal case. And neither the lawyer, no lawyer wanted to touch that case. So she got a lawyer. I said, praise God, praise God. And then she came back. She said, Pastor, that's not all. Ah. <laughs> but that's a major testimony we just recorded. She came back and said, uh, I owe the IRS half a million dollars. Okay, wait, wait. And then she came, she came with $2,000. Said, Pastor, I want to pay tithe in advance because I know God will do it. I said, it's not about money. Don't put it. <laughs> you know, and the church really needed the money at that time. She met a major need at the time. You know, guess what I did? We went to the altar. I told her, I said, put the money on the altar. 
And then we both knelt down and we prayed. To my amazement and to her amazement, that's why I didn't give details. Those who I'm talking about. This lady came and she was besides herself. Herself when she was sharing testimony. Guess what happened? IRS wrote her and said, instead of $500,000, pay us twenty, and we'll call the case closed. She was working in a deeper revelation that I, than I myself understood at the time. The 2,000 is a tenth of 20,000. That was how God settled her case. God will arise on your behalf. I said God will settle you. I said God will arise on your behalf. In the name of Jesus. She understood sowing and reaping. What she reaped is beyond 20,000. No. Her harvest was the 480,000 that she didn't have to pay. Friends, whatsoever a man sows, that also shall he reap. If you are sowing prayer, prayerfully God will help you. If you are sowing money, monetarily God will help you. His mercy, his mercy, because of his mercy, he, he cannot abandon you. What is mercy? Check this out. Mercy is simple. I have done wrong. We are not debating. I am wrong. But I'm saying be lenient with me. That is why when the, in the court of law, that also happens. They have determined the case. The guy is guilty. And then they go to sentencing. And then the lawyers begin to plead for leniency. They are not saying he didn't do it. Say we, we agree that he did it and he's wrong. What he did is wrong. You know, so they, what they are doing is they are pleading for mercy. The Lord will be merciful unto you. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 31. Deuteronomy 4 31. The Bible says, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. When the devil reminds you of what you have done, remind him of the mercy of God. I was, I was slowed down for many years because I did not think God could use somebody as filthy as myself. It held me back. I knew my story. If you didn't know my story, at least I know my story. That's why they say when it comes to deception, uh, two people cannot be guilty of deception. If the person that is deceived does not know they are deceiving him, the one that is deceiving knows that I'm deceiving this person. <laughs> Hallelujah. The mercy. The Bible says God is a merciful God. It means he is full of mercy. All of God is dripping mercy. I don't know what the devil is accusing you of. You know, when the Bible says the, 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 the devil is the accuser of brethren, it didn't mean he's accusing you of what you didn't do. Amen? Oh, because sometimes what you did, I don't know, but you know what you did. And when Satan is accusing you before God, he's reminding God, remember this thing he did, that thing she did, how he was uh, over here and over there, and then in front of the person behaving nice. He knows all of that. I may not know that, but he knows. And he goes before God and is accusing the brethren. But the Bible says, that God is full of mercy. 
It's, it's dripping mercy. Isaiah chapter 51, you read from 1 through 3. Let's read very quickly. Talks about the sure mercies of God. He says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. That is the, 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 the prayer thorn. It's a buffet. Come and receive what the Lord has in stock for you. In the name of Jesus. Isaiah 55 verse 2. It says, why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does, not, that, that does you no good? Listen to me. And you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Verse 3. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and I will give you and you will find life. I will make you an everlasting co- I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised David. Amen. That is talking about the uh, 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 mercies. The mercy that God has covenanted with David. The Lord will be merciful unto you. Amen. Oh, I said the Lord will be merciful unto you. Amen. Yes, you may be guilty as charged, but God will look down from heaven and he will have mercy on you. Because he cannot abandon you. He cannot abandon you. You know? So sometimes we pray the wrong kind of prayer. <laughs> you are asking for grace when you need mercy. <laughs> you know, grace is simply you don't deserve, you have not worked for what you want. You know, but mercy is you are guilty as charged. You are guilty as charged. When you are guilty as charged, what you need is what? Mercy, the mercy of God. You know, Jesus, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, God cannot abandon us. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4. Ephesians 2 verse 4. It says, but God, who is what? Rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy because of his love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Praise the Lord. So one of the things I have realized over the years is God has a huge stake in my life because of the death of Jesus. When God sent Jesus, he saw you, he saw me, and he said, you are worth it. That I'm worth it. You know, so when the enemy comes threatening and accusing and saying all kinds of crap, let him know that my God is a merciful God. My God is full of mercy. My God is kind. You know, uh, when you have, uh, we have our elders in the house today, but trust me, I have a few mileage in this life too. When you have lived as long as I have lived, you will understand that we are sustained by his grace and by his mercy. Some people pride themselves in their abilities. But over the years, I have learned to rest in his grace and in his mercy. I have concluded many years ago that I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart. You know, so when people say glowing things, it seems like I don't know how to receive compliments. It's because I have come to the full realization that it's not about me. Is the faithfulness of God. Amen. 
People will look at me and say, how are you able to do it? I say, it's God. They say, I know. I know that's what we say as Christians. But how are you really doing it? I am not doing anything. God is doing everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. First Peter 3, let's, let's, look, let's read that very quickly. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his grace, great mercy that we have been born again. It is not what I did that saved my soul. That's what Ephesians 2.9 says. It's, it's not by what so that no man can boast about this salvation. It is all because of his mercy. He saw me dirty and filthy and guilty as charged, and he said, I was still worth it. Amen? And I'm still worth it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The mercy of God, the mercy of God, because of his mercy, it can never abandon you. Somebody say a good amen to that. Amen. Number five, his grace. Grace and mercy, they are two sides of the same coin. Amen? Amen. John chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, For the law was given by Moses, but, somebody say but. but. Hallelujah. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The message, uh, the, the message translation says the exuberant giving and receiving came by Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus did, you can be rest assured that God will not fail you. I am going to wrap it up at the end by tying things up correctly. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin and expect that grace will continue? He said, God forbid it. We're going to come to that a little later on. But watch this. You know, many people, many people feel entitled is the reason we cannot see God when things are not going well. When things aren't going well for you, that's the reason we feel bad is because we don't know that even in the middle of that storm, God is still there with you. You know why? Many people have gone through the same thing that you are going through, and they have lost their life. Many people have gone through the same thing that you are experiencing now, and the outcome was much terrible for them than where you are right now. You know, so... It's not about when it's all rosy, good, and dandy. That is when I know God has not forsaken me. Even in that situation that looks bad, God has not forsaken you. Apostle Paul, <laughs> Apostle Paul wrote in Second Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, seven. Uh, 7 to 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 to 9. It said, even though I received much... No, 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 that's not the one I want to read first. Let's read this other one first. 2 Corinthians 11. This is where Paul was talking about everything he had been through. He says, watch this. Verse 22, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-two. 22. It says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 
39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers, from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. And the list goes on. And it's talking about a sacrifice for Christ. But, somebody say but. When you read the next chapter, you will be angry on behalf of Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. He said, three times, somebody say three times. Three times, I begged the Lord to take it away. But each time, he tells me, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, when I hear people say, you know, after all I've done for God, I did this, I did that. I don't think what we have done can equate to what Paul did. He went through all of that. He said, ah, ah, what is it? They are saying this, they are saying that. He said, ah, me and God. He said, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Jews? So am I. Are they children of God? So am I. You know, I have been through all kinds of things, but in spite of everything is done for Christ, the Bible says God put a thorn in his flesh. Bible theologians and all kinds of people have said all kinds of things about it, but the scripture did not tell us what that thing is. But he had an, some kind of thing that was bothering him, and he prayed, he prayed, he, prayed. he said three times, I said, Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. And then the Lord will say to him, my grace is all you need. My grace is what? My grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. You know, I had an experience that I was sharing with a couple of people on Friday, years back, who were still in the old church, you know, that I was so upset in my spirit, I went and I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. Like, I prayed for three months. And God did not give me any answer. When he finally gave me an answer, the answer was kind of similar to <laughs> kind of similar to the answer he gave Paul. Amen. God cannot abandon you. That is a statement of fact as a child of God. So whatever your experience is, whatever you're going through right now, that you feel abandoned. That's exactly it. You feel abandoned. He said, your father and your mother may forsake you, but I, the Lord, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God is speaking to you, say, that is for me. Listen to this. The Lord said this to me this morning. I will praise God in my transition. So whatever you are going through, the turmoil you are going through, you are in transition. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, I will praise God in my transition when you look at the beautiful, colorful butterfly, when it was a caterpillar, it was not attractive. When it was a caterpillar, not attractive. And then from caterpillar, it became a pooper. The pooper is even ugly. 
is, it looks lifeless. It looks dead, like nothing is going on. But internally, God was working it out. I look at your face this morning, and I perceive in my spirit, there's at least one or two people that God is working internally. Is working it out, and very soon your beauty will come out. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, praise God in your transition. I am in transition. I don't know about you, but I'm in transition. God, I'm, I'm, I'm transiting from one stage to another. There's an expansion. There's a growth that is coming my way that you will, you will see me and then you will know me again. In the name of Jesus. You say, ah, pastor has changed. Yes. It's the doing of the Lord. And it is marvelous in our sight. In the name of Jesus. Number six, very quickly. So let's quickly do a recap. Number one, we said because of his word, he will not abandon you. Number two, because it's not man, he will not abandon you. Because of his love, number three, he cannot abandon you. Because of his mercy, he cannot abandon you. Because of his grace, he cannot abandon you. Regardless of how I feel, God is at work in my life. We need to have that confidence in God, the God of our salvation, that God has my back. God has my back. Men will leave you. Oh, you didn't hear that. Men, they will leave you. If a husband and wife that profess so much love for one another, at the end of the day, some of them, one decides to leave the other. There's no greater connection than marriage connection in this life. You know, I'm talking about human connection. If the one that professes love, I will love you forever, and they wrote poems, and they read poems, and they did all kinds, bought you gifts, and, and then at one day sees a fleeting <laughs> and says, you have lost all your figurines and lost everything. So I'm going with this younger chick. If man can do that, you, it should tell you if marriage, if, if it can happen in marriage, people will leave you. I have learned by experience to enjoy the company God gives me in the now. I don't hang my life on it, you know, because I know people come, people go. It's just the nature of life. Don't get mad. In fact, you know, there was somebody that came to my house uh, last week. Uh, no upper week now. And when this individual was telling me her story, everything, you know, pastor, this, 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 and that, I said to her, I said, thank God I preached my message before you tell me this story. Because if I would, if will I, if I would have preached it after we spoke, I tell it, I'm, I'm standing on the altar of God, I tell you the truth and I lie not. Even if she accuses me of, if I wouldn't have been able to preach that message the way I preached it. Because I have knowledge about her situation now. You understand? I would have changed some things because it was like she told me. So I told her, I said, you were not in church. Go listen to the sermon. She listened to the sermon. She said, hey, pastor, you were really talking to me. I said, thank God I preached it before you told me your story. God is working in you. Don't, don't, don't hold people. It's not people. In fact, the ones that do you wrong, sometimes God allow them to do you wrong to teach you certain things. It's not about them. 
that this person is so terrible, imagine what they did to me. God allowed them to do it to give you understanding of certain things about yourself. In my case, I had anger issues and I didn't, I, I used to pride myself, so I thank God for my humility, for my humbleness. I used to think that at a time in, in my life until that situation happened. You know? And in that, oh man, I was so angry. I was so angry. I thank God none of you were there. <laughs> I, I was so angry. And then God said, there it is. There it is. That is exactly what I'm trying to show you. That is why today, before you can push, if I have not, I can't remember myself angry like that. Nothing remotely close. So sometimes, the things God allows people to do to you is to show you some things about yourself that you don't know yet. You think you got it. You see? And came with thunderings. <laughs> okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. God cannot abandon you because you are the apple of his eye. You are the apple of his eye. That's what the scripture says. You know, imagine David. Stop for a, mo a moment and think about this. How is it that David is still that special to God? He committed adultery. Saw another man's wife. Said, I must have her. He had her. And then deception came in. He invited the man from war. He said, go home and spend time with your wife now that she's pregnant. Now that I made your wife pregnant, I'm going to pretend and make it look that the pregnancy is your own. The man refused to go home to be with his wife. He said, my bodies are at war, and then I will go home and get fresh with my wife. No, I'm not going to do that. So David came up with another scheme. He said, then I'm, you're, you're going to die because you can't put me to shame. So he schemed, and he killed him. And God turns around. And says, David is the apple of my eyes. And he said, this David, I have made a covenant with him that the mercy over the life and the lineage of David is a sure mercy. Guaranteed mercy. In spite of David. And Jesus also came from that lineage. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus came out of that. So don't let people equate God with man in your life. God, clap if you are going to clap. Listen, God is not man. Ah, God is not man. God is not man. God is not man. The fact that men disappointed you and men let you down is not, it does not equate to God abandoning you or letting you down. You say, oh God, I trusted that he would do it for me and now he didn't do it. He's a man. Oh, she's, she's a man. <laughs> man, generic term now. When I say he's a man, I mean both man and woman. Men will fail you. I want you to understand that. And many times, not because they want to. 
Uh, it might be because they don't have the ability anymore. And it could also be because God is holding them back from giving you so that you can know him. Isn't that what David said? Psalm 119, 71. He says, I like the way the Message Bible puts it. He said, my, 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 my troubles worked out all for the best. Old King James says, my, my suffering, my affliction, it was good for me that I suffered affliction. Why? Because at the end of the day, he saw what God was doing. He said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Hallelujah. God cannot abandon you because it is inconsistent with who he is. Amen? God cannot abandon you because it is inconsistent with his nature and his character. David reminded God in Psalm 138 and verse 8. Listen to this. Psalm 138 verse 8. It says, David, uh, uh, Psalm 138 verse 8. It says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Ah, Lord, don't abandon me for you made me. What does it say? What does it say? It says, Lord, you made me. You made me. And you cannot abandon the work of your hand. That's, that's all he's saying. That's all he's saying. He said, Lord, work out your plan in my life. Every day of my life, I am confident. Through the ups and the downs, I am confident that God is working, is working out his purpose for my life. I, I'm very confident of that. So it's not good or bad that determines what God is doing in my life. Why? Because David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. That's there's a very similar quote in 30, uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 5. He said, God will neither fail you nor leave you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That is the God that we serve. You know? <laughs> uh, there was another example that came to mind recently. You know, there, there, there's times that we are praying to God for stuff, and sometimes he has answered the prayer, but you can't see it. You have a need. You are interceding. You are praying. God has answered that prayer, but you are still asking. Instead of asking, the prayer should have been, Lord, open my eyes to see the provision that you have already provided. I sent some money home to my brother. He manages my affairs at home. And in the memo, I said, for you. But I didn't read memo. He just saw that money came in. You know, and he's waiting for instruction for me to call and say, do X, Y, Z with this. So I did it. And I'm wondering, he himself, he's not saying thank you. Yeah, so I left it. It's not the thank you that is important. I've done what the Lord laid on my heart to do. So I, I just left it. Then he calls me like over a week after. And said, my sister said to him that I sent him money. 
He said, I didn't know it was my. Then he called me. And I said to him, it's your own. Did you not read the memo? There was another time. <laughs> somebody wanted to bless me. You know, but he was shy about it. So he went in my computer bag and placed a check in an envelope in my computer bag. That check was there for maybe more than two weeks. I don't know. So one day I was looking for stuff in my computer bag. I saw the envelope. I took it out. It was a check for $1,000. Can you imagine me praying? Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of... He already did it. He, he says, before you ask, I will do it. Even while you are asking, I will perform my word in your life. So a lot of times our prayer should be, open my eyes, O oh Lord. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. In the name of Jesus. Rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.